Okay, so some of this message you've heard before. And, you know, I just think that when God gives me a message, I just do it. So, as some of you experienced. But uh, so some of this is, uh, you're going to be familiar with. But and I don't know why that happens. Maybe because we're not getting it the first time around. Maybe he's, you know, speaking to certain individuals. Maybe he's giving people a heads up. I don't know. But um, so I just want to talk about this. The songs that we sang today were pretty much, you know, sums up the whole sermon, really, especially the last one. So as I've said before, I just want to reiterate something. I want to, I think it's wise for us to remember something today is that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and bottom line is this, it doesn't mean the rest of the journey is going to be smooth sailing. You know, I bring this up because if that was you when you accepted Christ and you were, you know, and I hate to say sales pitch, but, you know, in, in talking about the Lord and some, some churches, man, they're all about... Everything will be hunky-dory. Just do this. And it's not. And what happens is, if you go into it with that mindset, I'm going to become Christian. Everything's going to be great. i got the power of God on my side. Nothing's getting in my... And the first time you hit adversity, or the first time you get knocked down, it can be pretty discouraging. Because you're like, what's up with this? You know, I, I learned it early on that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you just put a target on your back. You know, why would the enemy bother you if you're not talking about Christ or if you don't belong to him or if you're not doing anything for the kingdom? He's got to leave you alone, man. But if you're one of those guys who has a big mouth, you know, here it comes. Be spiritually ready. Be spiritually prepared. So, but I think that's the encouraging side of this, because when I think you realize that maybe you have a target on your back, maybe the road's going to be rough. Maybe you're going to be in times when your faith, your faith is being strengthened and you're caused to walk by faith and not by sight, because if you walk by sight, you'll run the other way. When you're used to that, when you are familiar or you're expecting that, it can be very encouraging because when the adversity comes, and you get knocked down, you're expecting to get right up in the power of God. When you get delayed or hindered, you're expecting to blow through the mountain with Jesus Christ at your side at some point in time in God's, in God's timing. So it's not discouraging at all. It becomes expected. It becomes part of normal life that I'm going to walk forward for the kingdom of God as a Christian. And I am going to preach the gospel. I'm not going to surrender and I'm not going to retreat. And yeah, there are going to be times where I'm getting beat on. But I have Jesus Christ with me battling for me. Amen. Amen. So I think in those particular situations, it, it becomes encouraging when you know going in and you're aware of that. And the reality of the situation is this, without a doubt, being a follower of Christ does not mean lack of problems. It doesn't mean no mistakes. It doesn't mean not going to stumble or even fall down. But the also flip side of this reality is this, it's encouraging to realize that we have victory in Jesus Christ despite the circumstances. That doesn't go away. We have victory in Christ and he is with us. We have victory in Christ. He's here to help us to persevere. We have victory in Christ. He's helped us to get back up. We have victory in Christ. He helps us to go forward. So 
This really helps when you're getting beat up in your mind and you're starting to think about all the things you've done wrong or all the dirt that you have on you or how unworthy you are and why would Christ ever want me? And you look in that mirror and you go, listen, I got victory in Christ. He died for me. Forget that stuff. Washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Christ certainly conquered the grave and was resurrected. Amen? Amen. And it's because of that victory that we as believers no longer fear death. Amen? Amen. But there's more. There's more. Listen, God makes the rules. That could be enough and we wouldn't have anything to say about it. Amen? But there's more. And there's more because we have victory in Jesus Christ in living Here and now. I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that there's victory in living in Jesus Christ now. Sometimes we forget that we have the power of God to live righteously now. We have the word of God to direct us and guide us now. We have a God who's present and close to us now. We're not just present and with him when we die. He's here with us. The Holy Spirit's in us. Amen. It makes you wonder, though, do we believe that? Do we consider that? When you get up in the morning, do you consider that? Do you consider we have victory in Christ? Do we live as though we do? I'm going to tell you that last one, some people immediately went sometimes. As believers in Christ, we face many of the same issues that the disciples faced. And depending on where you are in the world, maybe even to the point of death. For the apostles, Jesus warned them about being uh, what their reception was going to be like as his followers. And he gave them a heads up about what was coming their way. And in the book of John, he tells them what to expect if they're going to follow him. And he really, he's warning them. Because they were about to see how wicked men could be. And what they were going to do with him. And as the events unfolded, they really struggled. And in John 16, 20, he says, Truly you will weep and mourn over what's going to happen to me, but the world's going to rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy when you see me again. Now, these words, they didn't fully understand at the time, but shortly they were going to. And then he goes on, he tells them what to expect from the Jews. And he says in John 6, 2, For you will be expelled from the synagogues, and at this time, and, and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a service for God. Here's a scary thought. And then he goes on about the world. In John 15, 18, he says, When the world hates you, remember it hated me before it hated you. The world would love you if you belonged to it, but you don't. I chose you to come out of the world, and so it hates you. These are attitudes that they were going to have to deal with. These are emotions that they would have to contend with and actions that were going to cause them pain. And listen, a lot of this is relevant for us right now. Mm -hmm. 
So, and listen, I don't want to make, give you the wrong impression. It wasn't all negative. They had some amazing moments. They saw miracles. They saw people get saved. They saw all kinds of stuff, right? So they had some amazing moments. And he tells them all this stuff. This is coming. He's telling them, get ready. And then he lays this on them. And on top of that, he says, by the way, you're all going to abandon me. And in John 16, 33, he says, but the time is coming. In fact, it's already here when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Can you imagine what was going through the minds of the apostles? Telling them all this stuff's coming. And then he said, yeah, by the way, you're going to abandon me on top of everything else. And then he sums it up in the next verse, 1633. It says, here on earth you will have many trials many sorrows. The road that they were going to be on was going to be full of adversity. It wouldn't be easy. And then what comes next? All the events of the cross and everything he said. And they were about to experience extreme fear and sorrow as they watched the man that they followed and they knew was the son of God being abused and being beaten, being submitted to crucifixion, dying a painful death on the cross and not fighting back. And not fighting back. They were probably trying to wrap their minds around this big time. Because listen, they saw the power that Christ had. They saw the miracles that he had performed. The casting out of demons, the healing, the sick, the feeding, the multitudes, the walking on water. Calming of the wind with the word. And now willingly allowing himself to be brutalized. And I'm sure that the whole thing was difficult for them to accept, to make sense of. There was much fear, there was much grieving, there was much mourning. But as the Lord said, things progressed. And as he told them, their grief turned to rejoicing and they knew Jesus was resurrected. For us sitting here today, for believers, the warnings still hold water. What the Lord told them about adversities and trials and sorrow and grief and things, you know, are the things that still happen today in one way, shape or form. What he said about being hated today is certainly relevant. Many people have to deal with it, even moves into persecution in some places, some workplaces for sure. For the disciples, they they started on this path and they walked in the victory they had in Jesus Christ and they grew in the Lord and then they started walking even to some to their own crosses. But it was still in victory. Listen, we know because of the victory of Jesus Christ that we were going to go. We're going to go to heaven when we die. Amen. We're going to be with the Lord. But we must not forget or even water down that we have victory through him every day and every moment. And you have to wonder if you took the time and you got up in the morning and you thank God and you said, you know what, Lord, I am going to walk in that victory no matter what the day presents me, no matter what the world throws at me. I'm pressing into you. And what would happen if you got on your knees with your husband or your wife and you prayed for, Lord, give us victory in our marriage. Give us victory as we walk together, Lord. How about if you got down and you say, Lord, give me victory in my workplace in the name of Jesus Christ. 
How about if you got together and you said, Lord, we're praying for our kids now. I don't care if they're five. We're praying for when they marry, when they're 30. We're praying for them in the future, Lord. We want them to walk in your victory, Lord. And we rebuke Satan and the enemy and he has no place here. We're talking about walking in victory in Christ. It's already there. We just have to grab onto it with both hands. We don't live like we have victory. Not all the time. Sometimes we're reminded we have victory when the tragedy strikes. When something happens and we go to the Lord. And that's, listen, that's good too. But we have victory all the time. Not just when that happens. So today is important to remember that daily victory, to live by the power of God, to enjoy the freedom that comes through faith in Jesus Christ, and not not just to talk about it, but to actively walk in it. See, I believe that's part of the problem. There's something about, I don't know, the American church, and maybe not everywhere, maybe it's just New England, I don't know, maybe it's just Rhode Island. No, it's New England, trust me. But anyways, listen, it's all about looking good. It's all about looking good. It's all about proclaiming victory. It's all about everything's in order and then walking out there and leading a life as a victim, not a victor. It's not what God wants for us. It's not what God wants for us. And sometimes instead of submitting to the power of God and submitting to the Lord and submitting to transparency because God forbid anyone see what you're really like. Anyone really, you know, pull back, pull back the outer layers and see what's at the core and see if you're really walking as a Christian or not. And listen, it says, yeah, you know, be careful to plank in your own eye before you judge. It doesn't say don't judge them. It says get your own act together too. Because together, you're powerful. Because when two or more are gathered, I am in your midst. When you fellowship together as brothers and sisters in Christ, watch out. It's one of Satan's attacks will stop you from fellowshipping, praying together. We can talk a good game, man, but we can leave and we can be victims when it comes to fear and anxiety and doubt and addiction and surviving and not living. Or here's the other side we don't mention all the time. We can be a victim, and it may not seem it, but it is. We can be a victim because of our pride. We want to be large and in charge. We want to be in control. We're actually seeking power. We're seeking, you know, some people's greed still. But it's another trap because it's not any less destructive than anything else. And actually, for those people who have to seek power, who have to be in control, who have to be in charge, it's like a drug. They're addicted to it. And they keep coming back to it. Sitting here as a body of Christ today, what a, it's a great, it's an opportune time to reflect on where we're really at. To reflect on where we're really at, because it's only you and God who knows. It's a great time to reflect on what you've got to surrender to God. 
It's a great time to understand that God wants you to live in that victory. Why do you think God sent his son to die on the cross for you? For you, not just for the world, for you. That's a powerful thing. We need to really examine ourselves, see if we're walking in victory, we're walking as a victim. Let's think about this. Can we honestly say that we are living in victory when we surrender to what the world throws at us? We fold like an accordion sometimes. Are we living in victory when we let problems and difficulties and struggles take root in our lives and we don't come against them in the name of Jesus Christ? Now, let me say something right now. If you're going through something really dark, if you're going through something really hard, if you're going through something really bad, you have an addiction, you have a struggle, something's taking root in your life, doesn't mean you let it go and continue. It means you take a, a, a excuse me, stand firm in the word, in Jesus Christ, and you rebuke it in his name. That's when you start walking in the victory. And there's no time like the present. I don't care how far along you are. I don't care how much pain there's been. Listen, take that ground back in the name of Jesus Christ, because at some point in your life, you gave it to the enemy. It's never too late to start if you're a Christian. You just proclaim it in the name of Jesus and you walk in that victory. You get in the word. You start praying and you say, I'm not surrendering. I'm not retreating. Why? Because the Lord's doing the battling for me. And understand that. We are conquerors in Christ. We've got to be conquerors on our own. We're in trouble. Listen, I just want to point out, too, I'm not, I'm not really talking about making a mistake. You, you know, you make a mistake, you repent, hopefully you change direction, go the other way. I'm talking about these things that we allow to continue to happen. That we're choosing the world over Jesus Christ. That somehow they've gotten a foothold in our lives, and they're not out. You know, it's leading me to some questions. I, and people want to surrender this all the time. How long have you been Christian? 62 years! How long have you been struggling with that? 63 years. Really? So you walk in, in victory sometimes? Man, it comes down to, do you believe that you can be healed through Jesus Christ? And I am here to tell you, yes, you can. True healing only comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, don't settle for kind of living victoriously because you don't have to. And when you're kind of living victoriously, you never experience true healing through Jesus Christ except for maybe your soul. 
And maybe in some aspects, if you're kind of living victoriously, you're actually living in bondage is what you're saying in some aspects of your life. And maybe you're not living at all, you're existing. Don't settle for that. Don't settle for that. We are conquerors through Christ. See, if we settle for that, we're kind of not living in the freedom that we come through Jesus Christ. When the sun sets you free and you're free indeed. You're living as though you're in bondage. And the big question is, is that how God wants you to live? Does God want you to live in bondage? No, absolutely not. Amen. That's why I get, you know, I get so enthused when someone says, you know, I need prayer. And I'll, and I'll tell you, when Andrea, when we played, prayed for Kate in the first service, Andrea was all excited because she got up this morning and she could barely move. And she comes to pray for Kate to get healed. And Andrea gets healed. And she walks away and she's like, okay. And she yelled at me because I told everybody. But uh, <laughs> listen, we don't want to keep that secret, though. Amen, right? God reveals himself. Hallelujah. It's good stuff. Okay, so we know that God doesn't want us to live that way. We know that it becomes a hindrance. We're not glorifying him. As a matter of fact, the Lord says something very encouraging to disciples. After everything he said in 1633, he says, I have told you that this, this, well, all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. The next line is awesome. But take heart because I have overcome the world. He says, take heart because I have overcome the world. What he's saying is have courage because he has overcome the world and he's the one battling for us. He's the one in front of us going down the path. He's the one by whose power we're going to get through. He's the one that's going to allow us to persevere and endure. He's the one when we see all darkness, we can't think about it. We have to know that God's going to work all things out for those who love him and called according to his purposes. We don't think about going through that. We think about the end when Christ has got his way, has his way with us. Because it's going to be for our benefit. And it's going to be better than we ever thought. That comes with living in victory and walking in faith. Amen? He's overcome the world. We're not supposed to walk as defeated victims. We're not supposed to lose hope. That comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible describes us as overcomers. And it's a term that's used in the book of Revelation. In each church it talks about the book of Revelation. At the end they use the word overcomer. And it's good to be reminded that he's overcome the world. That, that word overcome is, is from the Greek. And they were very fond of it. And we're very familiar with it. Because the Greek word's Nike. They weren't stupid. The Greek word's Nike. And it means... You know, it implies a battle in which there's been a winner. It implies a battle in which someone has conquered and someone has walked away with victory. And in this case, it's Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter there will be sorrows and trials and tribulation because Christ has secured the victory for us. He has overcome anything that was in opposition to God, to righteousness, to holiness, anything controlled by Satan on this earth. He has overcome demonic lies and falsehoods. He has overcome the organization and schemes and structures of the world created by men who are driven by flesh, lust, pride, greed. He has overcome the power of sin 
Sin has lost its what? Power. Death has lost its... <laughs> Amen. He has overcome death itself. And he is going to help us overcome whatever struggle we need him to help us with. And he tells us, no matter what's coming, take heart, be courageous. Because we are victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you haven't figured it out yet, today I'm here to remind you that we have victory in Jesus Christ, not just over the grave, but over the world. I want to urge everyone to live as the Lord intended you to, to, to live in freedom through Christ. Don't grow accustomed to the world dictating how you should live your life, what your schedule should be, what you should be involved with. Let the word of God dictate that to you. Let the Holy Spirit dictate that to you. You want to live in victory? Live for the Lord. If you want to live in bondage? Live for the world. Don't allow struggles that pop up to become roots in your life and you don't deal with them. Don't let them claim ground. Don't continue to carry baggage around when you can give it to Jesus Christ and leave it at the foot of the cross. Don't let fear and anxiety guide your steps. We have the creator of the universe on our side. Do we need anything else? All right, it's a setup. Yes, we do. We need faith. You've got to have faith. I mean, evidently we had faith to become Christian, and it's faith that comes from God, but there's also faith to walk forward. You know, when's the last time when you get on your knees? Well, all right, when's the last time you get on your knees? When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you went to God and you, you were thankful and you thanked him for stuff and then you said, and Lord, strengthen my faith? When's the last time you prayed for more faith? This is something we may forget. This is something we may, you know, we're not thinking of. But listen, faith comes from where? Okay. Comes from God, though. Listen, ask for it. Ask for a strengthening of your faith because faith is at the heart of living victoriously. It's living one moment at a time with your eyes fixed on Christ. It's living one moment at a time with the assurance of God. It's on your side. When we have faith, we always go in the direction of Christ. When we have faith, we always go to check out the word. When we have faith, we always seek the counsel of the saints. When we have faith, we always jump on our knees. First, most of the time. Listen, it's through faith that we expect an answer to prayer, right? Are you praying and not expecting the answer? Well, you, that's not me. Here are some verses that I want to share with you. If you want to start walking victoriously in Christ and you haven't been, or maybe you're lacking in an area, or maybe you want to just, you know, iron sharpens iron, talk to brother or sister, talk about these verses, see how you can change, see what you can do, see what God wants you to do. 
First one is this, not loving the world. First John 2.15 says, Do not love the world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Don't get caught up in, in, in clawing for things of the world. Secondly, live victoriously to believe God's promises. And this verse comes up all the time. We can't get away from it. I don't want to get away from it. It's such a crucial promise to believers in Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Listen, you want to live victoriously? When that temptation pops up and the, your button's getting pushed and your name's being called, the first thing you want to look around for is the escape route that God's provided. First thing you want to look around for is the right-hand turn to get you out of that situation. The other door. Because he's given you the power to say, no, I'm not going there. He's given you the power through the Holy Spirit to say, no, I'm going to choose the righteous path. If you want to live as a victim, you get to that crossroads and you choose the same old thing and you step back on the hamster wheel again. See, God has given us everything we need to to live victoriously. But we have to choose righteously. Jeremiah 32, 27 says this, I am the Lord your God, the God of all people of the world. Is anything too hard for me? You believe that one? That's a huge one. Do you think there's anything too hard for God? See, sometimes in our mind we look at a situation and because we can't figure a way out, we can't figure out how is God going to do this. But listen, God will always do things. He'll come in through the window while you're staring at the door to show you you had nothing to do with it. There's nothing too hard for God. When you have that assurance, you will go to him. And listen, sometimes, yes, you may be praying for something. It doesn't quite line up with the word of God. Well, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's going to be no. Just know that. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You want to live victoriously? Hand over the baggage. Hand over the baggage. Hand over that one thing that's been plaguing you and you're carrying around. And I, You know, so many people, brothers and sisters in Christ, they will tell you, you carry that bag and that thing that's been on your back for so many years that it feels weird without it. And that starts to become normal. But I'm going to tell you this. Let me put it this way. If you're carrying that bag and you will not put it down, you're surrendering. Not to Jesus Christ. You're surrendering to the world. And when I say you've given ground to the enemy, you've let Satan come in and claim ground in your life because you're carrying that bag. You're also denying the power of God. You're denying that you can be truly healed. You're denying you can walk forward in the power of God and you don't need this bag. You're denying it. Is that how God wants us to live? 
Food for thought. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Listen, to live victoriously, we have to remember this. And this is also very encouraging. So many times I talk to people, and when they're going through stuff, they feel like God's distant, and he's over there, and he's not paying attention, he's not caring. That is not God. That is not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a personal God. He is in our lives. The Holy Spirit is within us and he is with us to guide us, to help us. He cares for us personally. Died on the cross for us personally. Got beaten for us personally. He wants to be involved. And he is involved. Sometimes when he feels distant because we went like this, because we want to do our own thing. And we're backing up. But listen, he's never distant. Not really. He's right there. Two things with that. There is an assurance that when you know Jesus Christ is right there, is that he cares about everything you're going through. He knows all the, the, your, the hairs on your head are numbered, it says, right? He knows everything that we're going through. He never, knows everything that we're struggling with. He wants us to reach out. He wants us to come to him in faith. But also it's good for us because we need to know that he's right there watching everything we do. He's right there watching everything we do. Dark or not. People around or not. He knows when we mess up. He knows when we fall down. He knows when we slow down. He knows when we deny him. He knows, but he's there to help us get up and go forward. Because he loves us. We belong to him. Amen? Amen. The Lord wants us to take heart, to have courage, to face adversity, and to know that we are victorious in him, he will get us through. Listen, when we're living victorious, there's always this hope. No matter how hard things look, we always have this hope in Jesus Christ. Because I could ask for a show of hands of how many times God has answered your prayer. God has delivered you for something. God has healed you from something. God has just done some amazing thing at work. You know, we've all had those type of things. There's this hope that Jesus Christ is going to do something because we expect it because we know that he's the creator of the universe. We know he's the author and finisher of our faith. We know that he's involved in our lives. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. Listen, we're called to walk in faith, to believe in Jesus Christ, to trust him, to have assurance that we belong to him, to know we can rely on him. When we are operating out of faith, there's always going to be that hope that we have. And we're going to have hope for healing. We're going to have hope for deliverance. We're going to have hope for reconciliation. We're going to have hope for restoration. Because in our heart of hearts, we know that there's nothing too hard for God. In our heart of hearts, we know that we belong to him and he loves us. In our heart of hearts, we, we know that we're not alone. And the battle belongs to him. But who are we surrendering to? 
him or the world when we make decisions. Today, I just want to, for those who have been struggling and how they view themselves, I want to encourage you to just stop being the victim. Stop living in victory. I want to exhort you to change your ways and not to accept your struggles as normal because they're not. The things that weigh you down are not normal. Living an abundant life through the power of God, righteously following his word, should be normal for a Christian. Amen? Take a stand in the Lord when it comes to fear and anxiety and worry and other emotions that try to cripple you, try to stop you from walking forward for God. Take a stand when it comes to any kind of addiction or your prideful ways. Take a stand in the name of Jesus Christ. Today I want to encourage you and I want to exhort you to look at your lives and to go and claim that ground back in the name of Jesus Christ. Because then you'll be living victoriously. I'm just going to close with these four verses. Romans 8, 34. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No, for he is the one who died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of higher honor next to God, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or are hungry, or are cold, or in danger, or threatened with death. Even the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. The answer, no. Despite all these things, overwhelmingly, victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. Please bow your heads. Lord, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us, Lord, in your power, Lord, If we are not already, begin to walk in victory. Begin to live victoriously those lives that you have given us, Lord, to honor and glorify you. Lord, help us to be unashamed of sharing with brothers and sisters and coming together, Lord, and praying, Lord, to get into your word, Lord. Get on our knees and just let go and let you. Lord, help us to walk by your power. Help us to surrender to the things of, of the Holy Spirit, Lord, of you, of God, Lord, and not surrender to the world. Lord, we thank you that you love us, and we love you. And we just pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we all said, Amen. Amen.